You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back here on a Wednesday. Welcome in to Crunch Time here on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. It's not every day that a baseball player hits for the cycle. It's even more rare to watch somebody do it in order. We'll get to that. Later on in the show as LSU demolishes Southern on Mardi Gras Day in Alex Box. We will also preview the Louisiana Raging Cajuns opening up Russo Park for the first time this season tonight in a contest with BYU, opening a four-game series that will take place at the Teague through Saturday. Plus, there's some drama unfolding in college basketball. We will get to all of that and much more here on Crunch Time. Only 90 minutes today because LSU basketball tips off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game show set for 5.30 right here on the game. Can they finally snap the skid? Or will Vanderbilt make it 15 in a row? My producer and co-host is Mr. James Mesh. James, happy hump day, sir. How are you? Man, yeah, bro. May May Abra, how you doing, Matt? Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. It it's weird because when when you get a day off, you don't know what to do with yourself. Well, a you don't know what to do with yourself, and b it feels like a Sunday. <laughs> so today, it kind of did feel like a Sunday yesterday. Today has kind of felt like a Monday. We just this is deja vu, and now after today, there's only two days left in the work week. That's that's how we like to approach it. It it it's it's a nice little gift. It's a nice little gift. Um, how did how did you spend your Fat Tuesday? Uh, recovering. Yeah, <laughs> recovering. Yeah, I'm I'm at that stage of the sunburn where that that new skin's coming in. Yeah, the the new skin's coming in. The so. the, the, the skin that didn't get destroyed right. is coming in. <laughs> the rejuvenated. Right, skin. right. Yeah, no. At this point, it's it's not as bad if you can see it on the simulcast. Like it's not as bad. In the like in the lower half, but above the nose, you can still see some red. Oh, but you you could definitely still see the red. Oh yeah, but I, I'm wearing the headband at this point because it's so I I, still, I have my ash underneath because I went this morning to mass, but I I, I just had to wear because it it's so flaky right now. You're a better Catholic than me. I I did not make it to church this morning. You win some, you lose some. Your poll question of the day. What food slash drink are you giving up for Lent? Is it coffee? Is it sweets? Is it alcohol? Is it something else? So far, 40% of you say you're giving up something not on the list. 26% say alcohol. 31% say sweets. Only 3% say coffee. The people of Acadiana said, don't you touch my coffee. I was going to say, you think you're you, going to come between yeah. someone and their coffee? Don't don't you touch my coffee. And I, I'm not a huge coffee guy. Neither am I. Neither am I. Um, now, I will say this. 
I really like tea, especially sweet tea. You know the little bottle drinks that Starbucks sells like at Walmart? Mm-hmm. Those little frappuccinos? I'll, I'll drink those. They I mean, got coffee in them. I mean, I'll drink that, those. It still counts. But like in, in a pot, brew it, comes out black. Nah, man. Can't do it. Can't do it. Maybe it's just too strong. I don't. I don't know. I've. I've. And I've tried. I've tried it many different ways. I've tried putting different things in it. Mm-hmm. Like I have tried. Can't do it. Can't. When when my friends worked at uh, a coffee shop in Youngsville, they there's a item. It's a turtle mocha sippy. Mm. They get it's an iced coffee and like I was like okay, this is like the one I can really mess with. Like this is something if I were to go get coffee. Like a good bit, this is something that I would be ordering almost every day. Oh yeah, because it's just it was that good. Oh yeah, you, but overall, I, I'm not big on coffee. I'd rather tea, sweet tea, or just drink water. Or just make a flavor out of that water. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Mio, that's a savior. Or, or Dr Pepper. There it is. That works too. That Matt, works Matt, too. you would you would never have Dr Pepper be. On your lint list to give up. I would love to. But you know you can't. I really would. I would love to just give it up completely. But I I swear, like, I'm addicted to it. You are. I can go a day or two, maybe three, without it. But, dude, after, after like, three days, I start getting that big old headache. It's like, (laughs) nah, man, I can't do this anymore. It's like somebody with a cigarette. You know know those headaches that even Advil can't kick? Is it just you, one of those? You, you get one of those, and I'm like, nah, man, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's been an hour for you, like, <sighs> right? Like, yeah, Dr. Pepper. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We got it anymore? Can't, can't, can't do it. I've tried. Um, but no, so look, looking at the world of sports, is anybody safe in Nashville? No, <laughs> no. They've been on a release. The Titans are cutting they've everybody. Been, they've, they got rid of a linebacker, Zach Cunningham, Taylor Lewan, which is funny. If you've ever watched his podcast, he had been saying for a while, like, I'm getting cut. I mean, yeah, look at my he, contract. He knew it. He knew it. Randy Bullock got cut. Um, Robert Woods. Robert Woods. That was the biggest Tana one. Hill's probably going to be next. I don't know. How much, how confident are they in um, Malik Willis? Malik Willis. But, like, I mean, I, I agree, but are you, you going to pay him that? I mean, you got one more year. Ooh. You got one more year with it. I mean... I think what you do is you kind of just ride with Tannehill, still have him. Hopefully, he will open up and actually try to help the kid. Because remember, before he was like, "It's not my job to, yeah. <laughs> to to coach him up and like and, help and, him learn." And remember you and I and remember you and I blasted him on this show. Yeah. Um. But to me, I think you're just gonna keep him until you're like, okay, we're three and seven. <laughs> let's let's get the kid out here. Right. Right. So, looking at some local top stories, LSU's top wide receiver, Malik Neighbors, was arrested on Monday on Bourbon Street for a misdemeanor charge of illegally carrying a weapon. Court documents show that Neighbors was released, not required to post bail, and Brian Kelly and LSU is aware of the incident and is still gathering information. Now, look, I'm not... not, going to sit here and downplay what's what's happening because obviously there's no downplaying that could you see a suspension for Malik neighbors or is this one of those things that gets handled internally 
you run him till he pukes, and then, you know, for, maybe you run him till he pukes for a week, and, and then that's really kind of extra it. reps. Like, it, right? No, I, I don't think this is something where you will get a suspension. This I is, think this, this is, is more going to be an in-house be, punishment. It's going to be more of an in-house slap on the wrist. Like, you'll run some extra laps. Maybe you won't be able to play on the PlayStation for a week. <laughs> you'll get grounded. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> you can't leave your dorm. Right, like, like you're not allowed to go out past eight p.m. Oh. No, but I, I don't think it's going to be. This is something enough for the team to have to s- suspend him. I, and maybe if they do suspend him, it's not going to be something public. Like I don't think right, we're going right. to get what's going to actually happen Correct. with Malik, no matter what happens. It's, it's like when you when you got in trouble when you were in school as a kid, and your your parents looked at you said, "You go to school, you go to practice, and, and you, you get home. home, nowhere else." Yes, ma'am. Okay, please don't hurt me. <laughs> the game hotline is 337-706-0111. We're also going to bring up the, the Brandon Miller incident with the University of Alabama. That story is really taking over the the college football, I mean college sports world. Uh, last month, Darius Miles, a Alabama basketball player, was charged with capital murder in, in the death of a 23-year-old woman in Tuscaloosa. Now today, new details have come out involving Alabama's star player, Brandon Miller, projected top five pick in the NBA draft. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but let's go to the game hotline now. Chad, what's going on? Oh, not too much. About the Malik Neighbors thing, correct me if I'm wrong, because I mean, obviously I don't know all the details, but th- did he have a permit to carry a gun? I think that's the issue. I don't think that he did. Now that that so detail he, that detail hasn't been released, so I, I don't really know. So hear me out. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of Malik and LSU. So, but still hear me out. If he didn't have a permit and he's carrying a gun, how in the hell he's not suspended or in trouble? Oh no! It's look, just okay to walk around with a gun. Apparently, <laughs> so I'm 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 reading here that he told police he did not have a permit. So how he's not suspended or in trouble? He just gets off because anybody can just carry. I mean, if you're, I mean, I can understand if he had a permit he was carrying, and he gets off. But how he's not, how he's not. I mean, Brian. I mean, I don't understand how Brian Kelly doesn't suspend him, or how is it handled internally when he didn't have a permit? If one of us did that, we'd be in jail. I. Co- college. So, Kid, kid, like like the oh, like the, the like the Alabama situation, mm-hmm. the basketball. He's gonna be trapped. Uh, kids, I, I don't understand what they think. I mean, they don't. Nobody fights anymore. They right. shoot you. They shoot. This guy's life is ruined for life for Alabama. I, I, I don't get. Uh, I don't get these kids these days, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you, Chad. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, it's I, not that they. It's not that he won't like Brian Carley wouldn't suspend Malik Neighbors, but I mean, you're not going to sp- suspend him now, especially if you don't have all the details yet. Correct. You're not going to just jump the gun and be like, "Oh, you're suspended." That- but Chad brings up a good point. He didn't have a permit to carry a weapon. Correct. Not only was he carrying a weapon, he was concealing it. Mm-hmm. How did you get off? I I don't know. I'm I'm not well versed on on law. I don't I don't claim to be anything like that. So I don't really know you know where all that stands. But I feel like maybe 
it had to have done with it being a misdemeanor Correct. and and him like kind of just admitting like not trying to say he had a permit and then like kind of play it off and like try to get out of it he just openly admitted like it's i, I don't have a i don't have a permit to have this correct i, I think that's what maybe softened the blow yeah uh, that that's definitely a a, a possibility honesty is going to get you a, a long way in that scenario but we're getting ready to take a time out here on crunch time when we come back we will talk about the Brandon Miller situation, what head coach Nate Oates had to say. We even have a statement from Brandon Miller's attorney that, according to him, clears some things up. We'll be back here on Crunch Time. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the Game Charity Golf Scramble, benefiting Redbird Ministries, sponsored by courtesy of Bro Bridge. Hit the links at Farm D Alley while supporting a great cause with all proceeds from the tournament going towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who have been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drink, and a great day with the staff at the game and courtesy Bro Bridge. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can make a difference. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time 419 here on your Wednesday edition. Let's go to the game hotline now. Randy, what's going on? Well, hey, guys. Uh, first, I want to get to the poll question, and, and my answer would be none of the above. Uh, for one thing, you know, we Catholics have a big dilemma, and that is that St. Patrick's Day always falls during Lent. So giving up alcohol is not going to happen, certainly not for me. Uh, the second thing is, you know, I, I try to stick to the no meat on Fridays during Lent, but, again, St. Patrick's Day happens to be a Friday this year, so there's going to be some corned beef and cabbage that day for me. Uh, sweets and coffee, giving it up wouldn't be a big deal because I don't really do a whole lot of that. So my answer is none of the above. Just want to say I'm driving. I can't go on on uh, the Twitter or uh, Facebook and tell you that. So uh, I did want to talk about the Saints a little bit. I keep hearing people bringing up Jameis Winston as if there's still a possibility or even they want him to come back as a starting quarterback. That, that never should have happened in the first place. But now it's over, people. Just the best thing in the world that could happen for the Saints is if the pickmaster himself goes to Carolina or the Falcons. That would at least eliminate one of our competition in the, for the playoffs in the division. Yep. What do you think? I mean, do I do I want Jameis Winston back? Not really. But would he be better than some of the options out there if you don't land a, a Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? I would say so. I would say not, but, uh, uh, you know, people say that he didn't get a fair shake this year, and I'm, I'm like, of course he did. He was there in camp. He was there. He stunk up the first couple of games. Then he was on the bench the rest of the season. Those coaches saw everything they needed to see. Well, those, those, first, couple of, those, those, those first couple of 
those first couple of games aren't really fair because he was playing with fractures in his back. So that's not that's not exactly that, that's not exactly fair. But I, I I do get what you're saying. But again, you know, like I said, if you don't get Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, I would take Jameis Winston over Baker Mayfield. Oh no, no, I wouldn't. I I take only Ryan Tannehill. I I would take him. I, anybody but heinous Jameis. But that's me, guys. I, I've watched him lose and throw too many picks, and he's never been in the playoffs except as a third stringer and. I just don't know why everybody seems to think there's upside. He's never shown it. But, you know, that that being said, hey, I would love and I will call and I will gloat and I will cheer if Carolina or Atlanta get him. Appreciate the call, Randy. All right. Thanks, guys. I mean, look, again, do I do I want Jameis to return? Not, not really, no. Um, but... If you can't get Derek Carr, which it's going to turn into a bidding war, and I just don't know that the Saints have what it takes to get into a bidding war, you would have Jimmy Garoppolo would be your next best option. And and I don't know that that would be a good option for the Saints or, or an option that's viable for the Saints because more than likely he's going to go to the Raiders or... Carolina or, or maybe even the Jets if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. So then you're looking at the Baker Mayfields and the Ryan Tannehills of the world, and I think I would rather James Winston. James knows the system. He knows this coaching staff. It could work. More than likely, you just bring back Andy Dalton and you stink up the joint again. Woohoo. But priority number one at this point is either landing Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're the Saints. Right? Those those are your two options to start off because you're not going to get Aaron Rodgers and you really don't have much of a chance at all to get Lamar Jackson. So uh, pe- people the, people need to stop. The two the two most realistic for the Saints is Jimmy and Derek as your first two options. Now I I don't agree with Randy. With when it comes to Jameis, I don't I don't see Jameis ever being able to be successful with the Saints. I think he's just like most other quarterbacks. If you give him the right system, and like he meshes well with the coach and the team, then it can work out for him. It's just to me, I haven't seen that great of a situation, and I don't think it's been the best for him. I think at this point, if he can get one, sure, but I don't think it's with the Saints. I think with him being a gunslinger and the Saints trying to focus on their defense and kind of play position battle the whole game. It just does those two just don't mesh together. They don't work. So that's why I don't it's not going to work with Jameis in New Orleans. At that point, to me, Baker Mayfield as a viable option, I don't think that's one either because he's going to three teams in 2 years. That's not good. No, it's not. That, that's no bueno. Look, the Lamar Jackson thing, just stop. Just stop. Because here's here here's the problem. Either the Ravens franchise tag him and then put him on the trade market, and you just don't have the assets to give up. You're not going to be able to win a bidding war. Or 
it gets into a bidding war for a contract that you don't have the money to spend. Lamar Jackson is not coming to the Saints. It's not going to happen. It's just not. You know who he could be going to? The Falcons. And I know everybody's going to hate this. Do not be surprised if he's in Atlanta. Prepare yourself now. The Saints might be playing Lamar Jackson twice a year. Because not only do they have assets to give, they've got cap to spend. So don't be surprised if he does not return to Baltimore and ends up in Atlanta. Now, is ending is staying in Baltimore the number one option for everybody involved? Probably. Lamar doesn't want to leave Baltimore. But also, he wants to get paid what he's worth. And if Baltimore's not going to pay him what he's worth, then, I mean, he's not going to stay. And he's certainly not going to stay if he gets franchise tagged. I just don't see that happening. He'll just sit out. And that's not good for anybody. Um, But no, so getting to the, to the Brandon Miller scenario. Earlier today, Tuscaloosa police revealed that Brandon Miller brought Darius Miles the handgun that was used to kill a woman last month. Now, so that, that's been the story all day. Nate Oates has, has talked about it. Um, he said, we knew about that. Can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. He was in the wrong spot at the wrong time. So obviously, you know, the, the, the quotes by Nate Oates, not great. Not a great time either. All that said, today it is released that Brandon Miller's attorney has released a press release earlier today, Jim Standridge in Tuscaloosa. He released a statement basically saying that on that night, Brandon Miller had just finished a basketball game with Alabama. Darius Miles calls him, asks him to bring him to a nightclub. Brandon Miller gives him a ride to the nightclub. And while in the car, according and this is according to the attorney, while in the car, a handgun was placed in the back seat. And Brandon never saw the handgun or handled it. And it was concealed under clothing. Brandon never left his car, never went inside the nightclub, went out to eat with some friends. And around midnight, Darius Miles called again, asked him to come pick him up to go to another spot. And when they arrived at said spot, which is supposedly where the shooting took place, once again, Brandon Miller did not leave his car, according to the attorney, did not leave his car. Miles grabbed the gun out of the back seat, shot the woman. That was that. Now, again, could could this just be written by the attorney to paint Brandon Miller in a better light? Of course. Or could it be the truth? Also, of course, we don't know. What I do know, though, is this. The fact that this is a story paints Alabama basketball in a horrible light. Because a month ago, you had a player shoot and kill a woman. And now you have your other star player being accused of being an accessory. Because that's basically what they're accusing him of. Right before the postseason. You have to think, James, from a team perspective, 
having teammates involved with this. Because here's the thing. If Brandon Miller doesn't get charged with anything, he's going to play. He's going to play. How does that affect the psyche of the team? There you go. One guy's already gone. The other one was almost gone, but now he's back. But now you got that whole thing looming over your program for the next season and potentially next season as well. There you go. So this is not a good situation for Alabama basketball right now. It's just it's just not. Um, but again, as it plays out, you'll you'll learn more details, more information, and, and things like that. Um, but just a, a tragic and unfortunate situation going on in, in Tuscaloosa right now. Changing, switching gears. The Houston Astros got the band back together down in Florida. Spring training begins this week. The Astros looking to defend their 2022 World Series title. It has been three months since we've gone to one of our favorite places. But James and I are going to take a time out here. And when we return to crunch time, James, why don't you tell the folks where we're going? To the moon. Fly me to the moon. That's driven deep to left center field. Garner is going back. Looking up. See you later. See you later. Astros headed back to the World Series. Minkas and Nash are ready to launch into all things Houston Astros. Here is To the Moon on Crunch Time with Minkas and Nash. Oh, baseball season is back. The Astros looking to defend their second World Series title in the last six years. Apollo Des of Apollo HOU is joining us on the game hotline to give an early spring training preview of the 2023 Houston Astros. Des, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, brother, man. How are you? Oh, man, doing fantastic. Super, super ready for for Houston Astros baseball. Now, I, I know you guys are probably more ready than than I am. What's kind of in your opinion the biggest storyline as you head into to spring training for this team? Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much going into the season, right? And then all of a sudden today's news drops with uh Lance McCullers not going to be ready for opening day as a the forearm strain going. Uh had the news that, you know, uh, no UCL damage from the MRI, but um, you know it's, it's never good when you when you have Lance banged up, and it, it's become this recurring thing that we're kind of dealing with as a fan base and him as a player. But um, uh, that's a, the first big question mark. And then two, uh, it's now the Hunter Brown show. Hunter Brown now emerges into the rotation uh, as a rookie. We see him flash last year. Obviously, he has his stuff, but um, that's a lot of a lot of shoes to fill and a lot of innings to eat. So you know. The, the, like you just mentioned, the news came out, Lance McCullers Jr. will not be ready for opening day. Plus, the departure of Justin Verlander going to the Mets. So how how does the rotation kind of fill out? I know you said Hunter Brown's going to come in, and obviously you still have Framber Valdez and, and Luis Garcia as well. Does Christian Javier find his way back into the starting rotation? Kind of how does that work? <clears throat> yeah, I think he's your slotted number two guy. I think it's it's Framber, Javier, then Garcia, Urquidy, and then Hunter Brown. Um, obviously, Dana Brown came in as the new GM and locked up Javier. There's been talks about you know extending Bregs, Altuve, Tucker, 
and so and for Amber as well. Um, but you don't you don't pay Javier that that money for him to be in the bullpen. He's going to be a guy that's going to be in the rotation. He's going to be a guy that is. Uh, I think he needs Cy Young votes this year. I, I think his stuff is disgusting. Um, evident of two combined no hitters last year. Uh, I think I think he's the guy, and I think he's going to have a lot of Cy Young votes this year coming into this 2023 season. You know, looking at just some of the contract details for the Astros, you got a lot of guys that, that you're going to need to sign here in, in the next couple of years. Uh, Jose Abreu just signed a three-year deal. You've got Kyle Tucker, who just went into arbitration. Alex Bregman, not too far behind. Framber as well. Jose Arquiti. How do you pay all these guys? Yeah, I think you keep winning championships and the, and the money finds its way. Um Look, Jim Crane, as an owner, has 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 put on the gas pedal. We've been able to talk to him here at Apollo at some interviews, and and the guy just loves to win. I mean, obviously the stories with him and James Click not clicking for lack of better words, but the guy's is just a he's he's a ball player by heart. He loves to win, um, and I, as long as the Astros keep winning, I think they're going to find the money to to figure out how to get these guys paid. And having Dana Brown come in from the Atlanta Braves, who have somehow figured out the perfect way of locking up their core for 15-plus years on pennies of the dollar. Hopefully that translates on the, on the Houston side. Um, but winning on the field, I, I think, in theory, helps uh, winning in the, in the checkbook phase, and then that means the players get paid. You know, looking at the backstop position, you know, look this summer they tried to find somebody to kind of partner up with Martin Maldonado, you, you had acquired Christian Vasquez at the deadline last year, but just couldn't re-sign him. You wanted Wilson Contreras. That kind of fell through. So who's going to back up Maldonado? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's that's the one position battle uh, outside maybe the last, uh, the last bullpen arm that's going into screen training with Corey Lee and Jean-Yer Diaz. Uh, Look, Corey Lee is one of the best defensive catchers I've ever seen, and he has a rocket for an arm. The bat hasn't got there yet as it translates to the major league level. Uh, and then you have John Yardiris, who was a throw-in in the Phil Maton trade, who's just skyrocketed up your prospects list here in Houston, and the guy just flat-out hits. I don't know if he's really a catcher or first baseman, but the one thing I do know is he can hit the dang baseball. And there's a, there's a saying, uh, I've been hearing it since I was six years old, if you hit, you don't sit. And uh, if he's hitting... This spring training, it looks like maybe his job. But I'm really interested to see how that takes off because uh, you'll have bumps and bruises. Both guys have options to be sent down um, and back up. That They may just ride out with the rookies as that second backup spot learned from Maldi. And then if they're both not cutting it, then you go get a, you know, a backup veteran uh, at, the, uh, at the trade deadline. Chatting with Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU here on To The Moon. You know, Looking at the batting order for, for the Astros this year, more than likely, Jose Altuve is going to bat lead off like he has been. Michael Brantley probably number two. Then, then everything kind of opens up from there. Bregman probably goes three. Jordan goes four. Maybe Jose Abreu five. How do you see the batting lineup shaking out? Yeah, I think the interesting dy- dynamic is where Brantley slides back in in that two hole when he had Jeremy Pena just light the world on fire in the two hole during October. Um, I had a crazy take on our Beyond the Diamond podcast this week where I said, that's Jeremy Pena 9. 
and I can already hear all the callers saying, what in the world he's saying nine hole for the World Series MVP? And my theory behind it was this. If, if he bats seventh, Martin Molinado's batting behind him. The pitchers are going to be more aggressive to Jeremy Pena with the sliders that we saw him have a hard time with, the curveballs we saw him with a hard time with. If you bat him ninth, he has Jose Altuve batting behind him. And if I'm a pitcher, I'm probably going to go after the young Jeremy Pena and not dance around him because Jose Altuve is behind him in the batting order. Um, that's my theory on that. He'll probably get more fastballs, and we've seen him We've seen him crush fastballs, right? You ask the Yankees, yep. you ask the Mariners, you ask the Phillies about it. Uh, Jeremy Pena can hit the damn fastball. So uh, that was my theory. Uh, obviously, Dusty Baker had like 2,000 different unique lineups last year. We'll see the guys bounce around, but – as of right now, in February, that's what I would do. Jeremy ninth and Brantley uh, second. That's a that's a very, I'm act, actually don't hate that take. Um, Thank you. I mean, it's it, a, that, that, it makes a lot of sense. It, it makes a lot of sense. Now you know, looking at the team, everybody's been talking about you know Kyle Tucker's going to be a, an MVP in this league b- before long. Jordan Alvarez, kind of the same thing. Alex Bregman, Jeremy Pena. Is there is there too much star power on the Houston Astros? Uh, that's a good question because I was I was looking at some futures bets uh, offensively and then from the pitcher side, and I was like, man, these guys are so dang good that they probably take votes away from each other with with Jordan and Tuck and and Breggy. Like voters are going to vote for them, but it's almost like a split split vote scenario, and that's the same thing on the on the pitcher side for Cy Young, like. I think Framber Valdez can win a Cy Young, and I and I just said you know five minutes ago that Christian Javier could win it this year. But does that hurt them uh, that there's so many stars on this team? Uh, probably on the on the personal accolades, but if you ask these guys, they just want to repeat, right? Like it's been almost twenty something years since we've seen a repeat champion since the '90s Yankees. Uh, I, I think the Astros know what's on the table. It's hard to win in baseball. It's hard to repeat in baseball. But if there's any team that can capable of doing that and 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 breaking that that glass it's this team right here outside of the position battles that that we discussed and you know just the mindset of this team headed into 2023 what are some questions that you're hoping get answered in spring training yeah so we're going to actually be out there the entire month we drive into west palm beach march 1st we'll be there for 25 days so i'm excited to see um Kind of the pitchers behind Hunter Brown. That's that, the guys that would have been uh, probably in Sugarland that are now probably going to be a, on, on the big league team. Uh, they eat some innings. Uh, I would like to see that. Maybe the Astros go out and get a veteran arm to eat some innings, like you know Jake Odorizzi did, or you know the guy who can't be named in 2015 that ratted. He ate a lot of innings then too. Um, I, I just don't know how they're going to navigate that. And then two. I like to see the bullpen uh, a little bit more. Obviously, we know how lights out they were uh, in October. Um, is that sustainable? I don't. I don't think so. There's going to be bumps and bruises and, and learning curves. But I just want to see those guys compete. I mean, there's a guy named Ronald Blanco who who's been in the minors. He went to the to the Dominican uh, Winter League, and he had like 57 innings that were like scoreless, something absurd. And and that's a name no one even really knows about. He could be your new Brian Abreu, and, and we just saw Brian Abreu emerge last year. So. Um, seeing guys like that, I think, uh, are, are going to be key. And then I want to see Jose Abreu hit. Obviously, they put, a, they put an investment into him. They like Yuli Gurriel walk. Um, and, look, Jose Abreu can just be himself. 
He doesn't have to be the superstar and the guy in the lineup to um, be the offensive generator like he was with the White Sox. I think he's going to have a heck of a year just because he doesn't have that pressure burning on him. There's so many superstars and MVPs and you know silver sluggers in this lineup that he can just be himself. And obviously he's a he's a great talent in his own. But to see him operate day to day, I'm I'm pumped to see that. Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU joining us here on the game hotline. Dez, appreciate you as always. Enjoy spring training down in West Palm Beach, and uh, we we will certainly have you on while you guys are down there to uh, discuss what's going on. Absolutely, bro. Thanks for having me. And there he goes, Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU, the first of many to the moons between now and hopefully the first week in November to see another Houston Astros World Series run. But before we take our final time out of hour number one, there is a controversial, I, I, I say controversial because some people love them, some people hate them. The Barstool Podcast, part of my take. Um, They have posted a graphic titled NFL Offseason Predictions. Producer extraordinaire sent, sent this to me, and uh, we, we just have to discuss this. This is so funny. All right, so basically it lists you know, free agents and top-name players and where they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr. To the Saints. To the Saints. Aaron cool. Rodgers. To the Jets. To the Jets. Lamar Jackson. To the Commanders. Carson. TMT would love that. Carson Wentz. To the Vikings. Okay, so what happens to Kirk Cousins? Um, this, is, this is where it just falls off. Jimmy Garoppolo. Also, also going to, to the Jets. Also going to the Jets. Micah Parsons. Going to the Detroit Lions? Our former GM, Chuck Wood, would love that. Daniel Jones going to the Patriots. So Bye what Mac happens Jones. to Mac Jones? <laughs> Bye, Mac. Geno Smith going to Denver. Russ? Like, what's going on? What? Okay. Devontae Adams going to the Bears. Actually, I, I don't hate that take. Uh, the, the Bears need a weapon for... Justin Fields, they have capital. I I don't hate that actually. And then, and then here's 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 the final. They list Derek Carr again and put him going to the Jets. Someone said someone like showed the picture of uh, Jimmy Butler whenever he was exhausted mm-hmm. during the bubble finals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it says Derek Carr when he plays in the Super Bowl for the Saints and the Jets after Aaron Rodgers went on a ayahuasca trip. And, and Jimmy, Jimmy G, G suffered a career-ending toe injury. It's like, <laughs> like, what is this list? So th- this is how it's this go- is this April first. This is, is this? this is how it's going to work. Derek Carr is going to play for the Saints. Yeah, and then he's like Wait. on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And any other because you see the Jets also have Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers here. He's an emergency third. Derek Carr will play for the Jets. On any weeknight games. Thursday, the Mondays. Like, Derek Carr will play those. And then on Sundays, he'll play for the Saints. That's how they're going to do it. I need... We're going to have to study Derek Carr's brain with him (laughs) memorizing two playbooks. (laughs) We'll take a time out, wrap up hour number one after this. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Guns and Roses. Playing Minute Maid Park, and we want you to see GNR live. 
September 28th at Minute Maid Park, and you can enter to win with a simple text. To join the game's text club, text ROSES to 337-283-8100, R-O-S-E-S to 283-8100. Once you're a member, you'll be eligible to score those tickets to see Guns N' Roses live at Minute Maid Park on September 28th, courtesy of the game. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Don't forget to vote on our foodie poll question of the day if you haven't already. What food slash drink are you giving up for Lent in 2023? you giving up coffee and maybe some sweets, some candy? I know there's a lot of people out there. I know you love your chocolate. Are you giving it up? you giving up alcohol or are you giving up something else? Or change it up. Maybe not giving up anything like Matt and I are doing, but maybe just kind of adding on things to our life to yeah. maybe improve it. Yeah. Instead of taking away something, maybe add something. I'm I'm not going to be such a jerk to James all the time. <laughs> I'm not giving up anything about. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. The antagonizing will continue. Oh, of course it will. Fridays. Fridays will not be the only day. Uh, no. For me, usually, I I kind of look at it sweets. I I usually don't eat candy anymore. I try. I I usually just stay away from chocolate in general. We had mentioned before, coffee not our thing. Alcohol, I'm I'm not one to really drink all that much, so it's like stuff like that. I already kind of stay away from it to begin with. So for me, I kind of just go for the let me add on, let me let me. I guess you could say not be so emotional at times. Let me be more patient when something maybe doesn't happen automatically. Just kind of test myself and be better prepared for the future, like that. Read your Bible more often. Read the Bible. I mean, things like that. You know. You don't have to take away things. Sometimes just adding something to your life can be a positive impact. So, James, there is a new docu-series, Netflix docu-series coming out titled Quarterback. Very original. Very, very original. <laughs> very original. Q- very simple and they've to had, the point. They've had QB1, and now there's Quarterback. Oh, what was it? Last chance, you. Last chance, oh, dude. for football and oh, basketball, dude. Last chance, you was incredible, absolutely fantastic. But no, so they are centering this around three NFL quarterbacks, and I don't know. I would love to talk to the EPs and the directors and the writers of this, and and just ask why. So here are the three quarterbacks featured: Patrick Mahomes, your Super Bowl winner, league MVP, all like. Makes a lot of sense. A creme de la creme. Kirk Cousins. The mid de la mid. You're you're middle of the road. Some people love him. Some people think he's incredibly average like me. Um, You're you're middle of the road guy. And then, and then, oh man. Here's the kicker. Marcus Mariota. The number two overall pick Heisman Trophy winner that has turned out to be a dud. You're getting all perspectives from it. You're getting the guy that's reached the pinnacle of football. 
Then you have the guy that's kind of been the middle of the pack that's he made, wins, a, made a name out of himself. He wins 12 games in the regular season and then can't do crap in the playoffs. And then... The, a the, huge disappointment. The, 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 the guy who you bring in to, hey, keep our team afloat for a year while the rookie gets ready. Yes, yes, sir. Aye, aye. At least try to throw it to Kyle Pitts. Right. Like, throw it to the guy in the same color as you. That, that's what we need you to do. Just if you see him in numbers between 50 and 79, don't throw it to them. Yikes. Yikes. So that will be interesting to see how that goes. Getting a lot of different perspectives. I like it. Um, but we talk, talking about docu series. If you haven't watched the golf documentary that we talked about the other day with Chris Murphy, full, full swing. swing, you gotta check it out. It's fantastic. Um, if, if you love just the whole competition rivalry between friends and stuff like that, it's a, it's a great series. You absolutely have to check it out. Um, that was our number one. In our number two, we're gonna talk college baseball. We're going to talk about LSU's big win yesterday. We're going to preview UL versus BYU. And we'll also talk about college basketball. The Cajuns having a doubleheader in the Cajun Dome. Both games with major implications for the conference tournament next week in Pensacola. We'll chat all of that in the next half hour right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the 2022 World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Just half an hour remaining in today's edition of Crunch Time here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, the game hotlines 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Mardi Gras yesterday, so LSU celebrated with some homers, with some triples. With some doubles and a single or two thrown in there. An 18-4 victory for the Fighting Tigers. Vanderbilt transfer Christian Little getting the win for the Tigers. Trey Morgan goes 4-for-5 four at the plate. Yes, that's right. 4-for-5 four at the plate. He scores three runs. Gets eight. Eight RBIs. He has a double, a triple, a homer. And, of course, the single to give him the cycle. But what's crazy is he did it in order. The cycle's rare. You've seen it before, but it's rare. It is incredibly rare to see it happen in order. You also had big performances from Braden Jobert and Jared Jones delivering with three RBIs apiece as the Tigers cruise to an 18-4 victory after falling down 4 to nothing early on in the contest, but just exploding for 18 straight runs to get the win. They now head to Round Rock, Texas. They will open the Round Rock Classic on Friday as they will play Kansas State inside of Dell Diamond in 
Round Rock. Looking at Cajuns baseball, they open tonight. They open MLT Moore Field at Russo Park tonight against BYU. In a four-game set, they will play tonight, tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. Brendan Moody going to be on the bump for the Louisiana Ragin'. Cajuns getting his first career start at Louisiana. Uh, Tommy Ray will start tomorrow. Jake Hammond will be your Friday starter for the second straight week. And then Jackson Nazu will round it out on Saturday. He was your Sunday starter a week ago at Rice. But James, kind of talking a little bit more about the LSU game yesterday, I want to get your thoughts. Trey Morgan went through the opening series with Western Michigan and never got a base hit. Struggled at the plate all weekend long. And then finally he he walked out he walked out onto Skip Bertman Field at Alex Box Stadium yesterday and said, All right, enough of this. Let's have some fun. I mean, holy moly. And I saw a picture from postgame. He he walked into the postgame press conference without cleats on. He was just in his socks. Saw he wore mismatched socks. So now everybody's like, oh, Trey, keep wearing mismatched socks. It works. Is this the juice? That I mean, that do do I need to, to wear mismatched socks to work one day and see what happens to me? Like I I, I don't know. That is, is is that the juice? Is that the secret to life? Look, man, wear, I've, wear, I've seen I've seen people do mismatched socks and mismatched cleats. Mi- wear mismatched socks, and good things are going to come to you. Like, okay, sure, why not? I'll wear one high, one low, one pink, one blue. I don't care. I'll do what I got to do. One shoe has laces, one doesn't. I mean, right, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, I'll tie the laces together. Just hop around. I don't care. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Um, but no, how wild is it to see a guy get a cycle in order? And that home run, moonshot. Oh my god! That one. That I didn't. One was I didn't sent. think. I didn't think that ball was staying in the park. I really didn't. It, but, it went all the way to the top. It was like the top two or three rows. Yeah, it went to the top of the diamond deck, and I really, really thought that it was going to absolutely leave the yard. Um, looking at some other top stories, let's look at some college football. Patrick Tony. Former Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns defensive coordinator and most recently the defensive coordinator for Billy Napier at Florida has been named Jonathan Gannon's defensive backs coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, So he will depart Florida to go to Arizona. Billy Napier's already found his replacement in former Ragin' Cajuns defensive assistant and most recently an Alabama assistant in Austin Armstrong will be the new defensive coordinator for the Florida Gators. Let's go to the game hotline now. Ralph, what's going on, bud? Hey, guys. Um, I don't know what the weather's like in Karen Pro, but uh tell you what, it's got a pretty good little shower right here in Lafayette. I'm not far from Cajun Field, so I, I sure hope that doesn't impact the game tonight. But um, I I saw 0% this morning when I watched the weather, so I'm not, not quite sure what happened. But, um, yeah, with Trey Morgan, uh, Matt, i tell you what, it, if he continues to have a hot streak, don't be surprised to see mismatched pairs of, of socks for sale. Uh, right. The rally socks, you know, I mean, <laughs> I went um, went this past weekend visit my, my grandkids in Alexandria and my, my little grandson, he's five. He had a possum, a stuffed possum on his bed. And I'm like, 
where did you get that from? And he's like, that's the LSU rally possum. His, uh, his parent had given it to him. So uh, you can make money off anything if you um, market it right. No, absolutely you can. Um, yeah, the, the mismatched socks thing, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I hey, would man, not be surprised. I, the reason I was calling, I just wanted your opinion on this. Yeah. I was listening um, to a show the other day that had Mike Dettelier on it. I, I, pretty, I, I respect Mike's opinion a, a lot um, as far as the draft goes. Um, and he kind of felt like Bijan Robinson was going to be available when the Saints pick. Now, he didn't think they should pick him at that spot, but he thought he would be a, you know, a, a, a really good NFL running back. And I tell you what, I, the more this goes with, I saw some more video that came out today on Alvin Kamara, and I wouldn't be surprised to see. Oh, Kamara's, Kamara's in big trouble. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it could be a whole year, but but it could be a whole year. And if not, I think it's more than six games. The, the, uh, the elevator footage that came out this morning, and then I saw a video of him in an Uber after the incident, it's not good. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And look, let's face it, we needed to upgrade the position anyway. I mean, Mark Ingram, sure. obviously, you know, his uh, his career is done uh, in New Orleans. I think he's done, period. Um, and we need a uh, – I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't watch a lot of Texas football, but the games I did see him play the last couple of years, I was extremely impressed with – both his ability to run and and catch the ball off the backfield, and I just wanted to see your opinion if you thought if he was there in the first round. My ideal draft would be picking him in the first round and picking Hendon Hooker in the in the second and, and letting him, you know, take a year to heal up completely and develop. Um, but that's that's just you know that's just my opinion. But I, I just like, wanted to get your thoughts on on that, man. I like the way you think, Ralph, and I appreciate the call. Um, All right, bye. Yeah, you know, if, if B. John Robinson's there at 29, do I draft him? I don't know. Do I think long and hard about it? Yeah. That kid's going to be special Got in 10 the minutes NFL. To do so. I, I'm taking about eight minutes to think about it. That kid's going to be special in the NFL. So, yeah, if he's still sitting there at 29, obviously you have other needs. You need more wide receivers. You always need help in the trenches. Secondary could use a little bit more beef. A quarterback. Like, there's obviously plenty of needs for the New Orleans Saints. But also, running back is one of them. One of the bigger ones. We've seen the Saints before. Go get a running back. Because after what you saw today, I can't can't predict how long Alvin Kamara is going to be out. But he's getting some sort of a suspension after what came out today. There's no way. There's no way he's not. No way. Now, could it only be four games? Yes. It's very possible. Could it be 10 to 12? Also, very possible. I'm looking at more of the 6 to 8 range. Yeah. I, I could see that. That's probably the most likely. But, and, and you know, if you if you look at the running back room behind Alvin Kamara, um, it's kind of nobody. So you need a you need a running back. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, if B. John Robinson falls to 29, like some people, I've I've seen quite a few people think that he might. Then yeah, you 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 think about drafting him uh, because he's. I just have a feeling he's going to be an explosive player in 
the NFL. But if you if you got a situation where uh, I saw a mock draft earlier today that had Osiris Torrance falling all the way to the second round, James, uh, this this may be a little bit of rage and Cajun bias coming out of me. If Osiris Torrance is there at twenty nine, how do you not draft him? Go get him. How do you not draft him? Because it feels um, like it feels like soon Andrew Pete's going to become a real cash casualty. So soon, isn't he already? Kind of, sort of, but I, I'm talking about where you're like, okay, well, oh yeah, you, he, you he's really much, he's really going to become a problem in about a year. So in my eyes, if you can go get an interior offensive lineman, I'd, I'd say go get it because look at look at the teams that have been successful. What is what is their strength? The lines on both offense and defense, and they have their QB situated. Correct. The Saints, they're looking okay on the offense and defensive line, but boy, does it need some help, and they still need their quarterback. You especially draft a guy that a lot of mock drafts have had as high as 14. I'm interested to see what's made people think he's going to fall, but again, if you're the Saints, he's there at 29. I just don't know how you don't take him. And then hopefully you can get a skill player at 40. But I also look at some of these other mock drafts. and I mean, I do mine each year for our web, for the game's website. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at this one, and you had seen it earlier. Anthony Richardson going first. And Ooh. the Colts trading up to go get him. Look. What? Look. That would be the most Indianapolis Colts thing to do. It would be. That's damn near what the Browns did in 2017. I don't get what everybody sees in Anthony Richardson. Is the arm talent there? Yeah. He's got a cannon. He's got a similar build to Jalen Hurts. But it's not accurate. And a similar style where... I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing as... Jalen, when he was coming out, really athletic. He's got a really strong arm, needs to work on the accuracy and work on his arm strength. Like try being more consistent with the ball. There is a reason that Jalen Hurts wasn't drafted in the first round. Correct. There was plenty of upside. There was plenty of potential, but it was going to take a couple years. But the, and, fact, but the fact that you saw somebody with that same type of style make it all the way and be a MVP caliber quarterback for sure, and make it to the Super Bowl, that's that's the reason why you see him going so high. But are you drafting a kid number one overall to sit three years? I'm not drafting Anthony Richardson number no. one overall. No. I'm, You're not. I see why he would be in the first round and why you would have him in the early to mid first round. But to have him first overall... In today's NFL, if you draft a quarterback number one overall at the end of April, he is starting in September. Point blank. That's that's today's NFL. Whether you love it or hate it, that's what it is. If you draft a quarterback number one overall, I still think that the Chicago Bears are going to trade out. I think they're set with Justin Fields. I think they're going to try to trade out, look to, you know, maybe Houston, Indianapolis could be an option, whatever. But if you're the Texans or the Colts or maybe Arizona, if Jonathan Gannon's not happy with Kyler Murray, although it appears that he is. Jonathan Gannon is he's, he's a goofball. But anyways, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, guys like that, 
They're getting drafted to start week one. That's how this Will Levis with Carolina. He's been linked to Carolina a lot. He's getting drafted to start week one. Point blank, end of story. So if you think that Anthony Richardson is ready for the NFL, go for it. Have at it. But I think whoever drafts him, if they draft him that high, is going to be sorely mistaken and will struggle for a couple of years. Now, three, four years now from now, could Anthony Richardson be a top QB in the league? Maybe. We had the same questions about Jalen Hurts. And look where he's at now. I wouldn't draft him number one overall. Just wouldn't. We'll take a time out when we return. We'll talk college basketball. Texas State and Louisiana already underway in the Cajun Dome. We'll give you the score. We'll preview the Cajuns versus Arkansas State as well as LSU versus Vandy right here on the game. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The monster trucks are coming back to the Cajun Dome with the toughest monster truck tour returning March 17th and 18th. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, has a VIP package for you. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com. Your VIP package will include four tickets, access to the pit area, a merchandise certificate, and lunch with the drivers on that Friday. The Toughest Monster Truck Tour is coming back, and you could win a VIP package courtesy of the game. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Got about nine minutes left in today's show. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Louisiana tied with Texas State after the first quarter 11 to 11 inside the Cajun Dome. Lene Wheaton leads the way for Louisiana with five points, two rebounds, and an assist. The Cajuns are shooting currently 45% in this contest, as well as 50% from downtown. Only four turnovers committed in the first half. The Cajuns need a win in this one, though, because they fell on the road to Arkansas State over the weekend. And now you're in a three way tie for fourth in the Sun Belt, but then there's a three-way tie for second and then a two-way tie for first. So you've got seven teams right now vying for the four spots that get double buys in the Sun Belt tournament. So the Cajuns need to win both of their games tonight and then on Friday, and then they need some help. Granted, one reason that they're lucking out is their two opponents are both ahead of them. So wins in those games, getting you a little bit closer, makes things more interesting. But again, you're going to have to get some help if you want to be a top four seed and get that double bye and not play until Friday. Meanwhile, for the Louisiana men, they are going to host Arkansas State tonight. The Cajuns just need to win one of the final two to secure that double bye in Pensacola. And if you look at it, this is a game that the Cajuns have a solid opportunity to do it, considering that Arkansas State has dropped 10 of their last 11 on the road. The Cajuns are a 14.5-point favorite in this contest. 
earlier this week, head coach Bob Marlin spoke with the media and he talked about finishing undefeated at home. The Cajuns are only one of 14 teams nationally to be undefeated at home to this point of the season. Uh, No team has finished undefeated at home in the Cajun Dome era. So this would be a first if they were able to pull it off. But before we get to that, let's go to the game hotline. T, what's up? Oh, not too much in you, guy. Oh, man, I'm doing well. What you got? There you go. Uh, First of all, I'm going to echo Chad. There has to be. We don't want to run a program like Alabama where you can carry guns and I'm talking football, okay? And the other thing is I'm not making light of a young woman that got killed. Believe me, I'm not. But if these kids would learn how to shoot a basketball instead of a gun, they'd be a whole lot better because none of them can shoot. Not many in college right now. So just want to say that, uh, and I don't mean it, you know, in Jeff. I just think they ought to practice shooting basketballs instead of guns. I'm, just my thought. I don't I don't disagree with you, T. Appreciate you, my man. It turns out with that, he had a permit. It was just he was in like a no weapons zone part of bourbon. Which it was like that's why he gave away that's why he gave the gun. I was like, Oh, my bad. Here you go. And that's why it was a misdemeanor, and that's why the charges were dropped so fast and why there was no bond. Interesting. So he had a permit, but it wasn't on him. That's that's what I was that's what I was told. Interesting. Huh. Well, again, we'll let the, the, the courts and the and the judicial system handle that the, the way that they feel is best to handle that. Anyways, Bob Marlin spoke with the media earlier this week and talked about how his team needed to finish undefeated at home. No, we've got to win. It doesn't matter where we play from now on. So we want to win at home. Uh, we, the guys certainly like to do this. I know the 17-18 team started 14-0 and at home and then lost their 15th game. So uh, we want to get to 14. I mean, that's where we want to be. And should have a great game against Arkansas State. They're coming off a win over Georgia State at home. And then South Alabama had a big win against Monroe. And uh, they'll come in here ready to play, too. That game will be on ESPN, too. Uh, it, it's Autism Week also, so we'll be recognizing that throughout the week. Uh, but we expect good crowds, and we expect to, to play well. And then lastly, LSU will be in the PMAC. You'll hear pregame in about four minutes. Uh, they host Vanderbilt, the Tigers twelve and fifteen on the year. Vandy fifteen and twelve, so inverted records in this contest. LSU needs a win. I, I can't put it any other way. They've lost fourteen in a row. The season's winding down. At this point, you're not even going to make the conference tournament next weekend. You need a win. So, James, do the Tigers? break the streak, and win at home over Vandy. They're only two-and-a-half-point dogs. Only two. I mean, it's it's at home, but I just don't have any confidence in them. Their best chance is having a really good night from Adam Miller, but he hasn't had one of those in a while. KJ's been up and down, but this Tiger squad, even though the defense is good, 
I just can't trust their offense, and I don't care if they're on at home or on the road. I just can't trust this 2023 Tiger squad. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you. Um, it there's got to come a point though. You you hear the phrase all the time. Something's got to give. When it I think, comes, when, I think if they're going to win one of these last four, I feel like it would be Ole Miss. Correct of the four. Even though that one is on the road. Correct. But Vanderbilt, even though it's not like they're absolute world beaters, I I just don't feel great about the Tigers beating the Commodores. Oh, I agree. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is bad. Ole Miss is bad. So I could see LSU getting the win there. Um, Vandy, it's interesting. They've had games where... You know, they absolutely shock the world. And, I mean, they beat Tennessee on a last-second buzzer beater. But then they've had games where they've come out completely flat and lost to Alabama by 50. So they've been an up-and-down team as well this year. I'm going to go out on a limb here, James. LSU gets a win at home tonight. Look, I'd love that. They break, they break, they end the streak. Adam Miller has a good night. I think Trey Hannibal has a strong night as well. Um, that that's something that you haven't really seen from him. He entered conference. You know, you had that game against Arkansas the last time they won a game. He was he was key in that game. It just comes down to are they is LSU going to be able to put the ball in the basket enough? That and that's been the issue all season, right? They just don't score the ball well enough to beat their opposition. Because I mean, you had the game against Texas Tech a little over a month ago, or a little less than a month ago. You should have won that game. Your offense failed you. That game against Florida, probably should have won that game. Your offense failed you again. You go to the Mississippi State game, you could have won that one. Georgia as well, you literally lost by two. South Carolina, there's tons of games that you look at that they should have won but didn't. We'll get to pregame here in about 30 seconds. Thanks to Apollo Dez for joining us today. James Mesh, appreciate everything you do. I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well. Hug your mom and them, and we're back tomorrow. Same time, same station. Four to six right here on the game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Let's throw it over to the PMAC and the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair, for LSU and Vanderbilt right here on the game.